Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Souls Outside. Uh, we're going to get started by talking about how the map is not the territory. Uh, before we invite on Meg Hepner to share a little bit with us about her story, which includes a move across country just for a better life. Um, and then she's going to share some of uh, her words of wisdom around boundaries and setting those up in our life, um, which is one of the key things to be able to follow in her soul prints. So stick around. Welcome to Souls Outside, where we're all about finding the trail to stay true to your path. We do this by inviting featured guests on every show to share with you how you can follow in their soul prints so you can choose which trail maps you need to continue on your journey. My name is Shannon Pohl, and I'm loving having navigated my own pivot from engineering to now being a master results coach and hypnotherapist, plus a forest guide who loves going getting outside so we can learn from the nature, foster stewardship, and really amplify our successes our successes by being outside of nature. I'm so excited to have you join our today's episode. Welcome to Souls Outside. All right, hello everyone. So we're going to start off today's episode by talking about how the map is not the territory. Ooh. <laughs> All right, so one of the modalities that I'm trained in is neurolinguistic programming um, and for me, neurolinguistic programming, NLP, is really the alphabet of the universe. So it's really um, one of my favorite things now that I'm trained in it. It's going and listening to different speakers and workshop facilitators and trainers um, and just and learning, hearing what they have to say and then being like, oh, cool. That's like A in what I learned or B. Um, so it's kind of about you learning this universal language that we can dive into and make cool and reflavor um, however we want. Um, and be able to communicate with each other because it's all about humans and how humans work. So more on that some other time. Um, I bring that up because one of there's a lot of presuppositions um, in neurolinguistic programming, which are like convenient assumptions um, because one of the things we know about our brain is that it filters information. We, we've talked about this in a previous episode, all the information coming into our brains gets deleted, distorted, and generalized to result in the words that we say and how we experience situations. So as practitioners um, of NLP, we you know, use these convenient assumptions because they become foundational principles of how we, we operate um, and move forward. And so one of the ones is the map is not the territory, which is by saying that, um, we're saying that the words that we use are not about the event or the item that they represent. So there can be a um, disconnect between the two of them. Because as again, as we talked about in a previous episode, the deleting, the distorting and generalizing based on all of the info that we're getting into our, into our bodies and our brains, um, filters down and then results in the words we say. So in a previous episode, we talked about label of a label of a label. And that's part of this is that um, the words are just one of those structures. And so, you know, where the map isn't the exact thing that you end up walking along. So just like when you look at a map of Canada, like our, our guest today did at one point, um, before deciding to move across the country, 
um, when you look at a map, that's only a high level snapshot of, of different pieces. When you actually get in there and get it on the ground, things are different. There's trees, there's rocks, there's houses, there's other people, there's roads, there's rivers. Um, so when we're even using our words and talking with each other, those are just one piece of it. So when we dive into them and like, why are we using certain words? What do we mean with those words? Um, which is where a lot of, this is gonna tangent a little bit from today, but where a lot of communication breakdowns can happen is because you say some words to me, I hear them, they go through my filters and I get meaning X. However, meaning X might not be the meaning that you meant. You might've meant Y. Um, and so it's sometimes when we're like, hmm, did you actually mean, so you say words, I hear I get X. That's where I can be like, wait, did you actually mean X? And you're like, the other person can be like, no, I meant Y. And you're able to, to uh, sort that out, solve that. And so as we're gonna hear from Megan a little bit, um, you know, they realized at some point that the territory they were navigating and living was based on they were trying to recreate this map of, that other people were seeing um, and realized it didn't, it didn't fit. And I think that's where we get caught a lot of times is that everyone's looking at all these maps, all these like paths that we should be taking, and we try and just do the map in our lives instead of digging down deeper and asking ourselves, well, is it the map that I want or is it the actual on the ground territory um, of what the thing is? Do we just want to be with this loose structure or do we want to dive into those, to those words and what everything means? And so, um, which we do a lot of on Souls Outside is by, is, is questioning those things and saying, you know, is, is the norm, is the status quo, is the, the thing everyone else thinks I should be doing really what I want to be doing? Um, which all of our guests have at some point said, nah, we're done with that. Uh, we're going to pivot and do something different. Um, which, well, I love all of our guests. They're all amazing. Um, and this one I think is cool because it is a move across country, which is for, not for work, not for, um, I'm going to say any externally validated reason. However, they decided that for their life, they wanted a different territory to navigate um, and to break free from just looking at that map. So I think we'll keep it short and sweet this morning. Um, and just starting to open up that for yourself. Like, are you really fixated on that map, the structure of things, or are you diving in deeper and really exploring, exploring, exploring more? Um, do you want something with lots of trees and rocks or buildings or cities or towns or people or what, is, what does that territory look like um, that you're going for? All right, in a few moments, we'll bring on Meg Hepner and uh, learn about her story. All right, welcome everybody. So today we have Meg Hepner with us, who is a transformation coach. And I love her story for many reasons, uh, one of which being it includes a move across the country uh, to BC. So yeah. Meg, I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us, start telling us about your journey. 
Absolutely. No, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited, first of all, to meet you and to be on this podcast. What a beautiful opportunity that you've given me. And, and so thank you so much for that. Yeah, we have had quite the adventure this last couple of years with our move across the country, because most of the time when you move, you move for a reason, like you have a job or you have family or you have something there, but that was not it for us at, at all. We just moved because we wanted something completely different. And um, so for us, my husband and I are both life coaches. I work predominantly with women who are sort of feeling stuck in their lives. They feel like, oh, you know what? I need something different and I want something different, but I just don't know how to do it. And so I walk with them through that journey. And we found ourselves in our own journey like that, which was really just sort of kind of funny, um, where we found that we had this experience of living the status quo of every couple of years upgrading our house, upgrading our vacations, upgrading our cars. And we just went, oh, this is not really all there could be to life. Could there? Like there must be something more. And we had the good fortune of having our second son being born with high functioning autism. And he became a radical catalyst in our family for just hitting against anything that was status quo and anything that was just normal, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so we looked at him and how free he lived and all this stuff. And we went, oh, that's what we want to do. We want to live that freedom, that way of just being authentically yourself. And it included a move across the country, which has been fabulous. So cool. And so, I mean, can you tell us a little bit more, like, what was that like all of a sudden being like, status quo doesn't work anymore? How did you navigate that? Yeah, you know, it's such an interesting thing because it creeps up on you so slowly. Like we're so ingrained in our life and in our development and in our childhood that just there's a certain way of being. And I understand that because, I mean, look at our population in this world, right? We need certain things to um, be a certain way so that we can have a culture, so that we can have community. I understand that. So it makes sense to me and I'm not entirely against it. Um, but ever so slowly, my husband and I realized like, shoot, why when we do the right thing, the right thing, mm -hmm. does it not seem to bring us any happiness? Why does it seem that when we get the education or when we get the house or when we have the vacation that afterwards we're just sort of left feeling down? And that's how it started. Just that mm -hmm. cluing into that piece of going, huh, I don't feel happy when I get the things that I want. That was the first step. Mm. And then to go, so why? What is it about this that isn't fulfilling? And realizing that what we actually need and what the world actually offers for some of us don't match. We wanted adventure and excitement and risk and daring and, you know, that, that feeling when your heart kind of beats a little <laughs> fast because you can't believe what you're doing. Like we wanted that. And we had sort of just taken that out of our life by doing the right thing. Like I said, mm -hmm. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I think, I think probably many people can relate to that, but all of a sudden one day you're like, wait a second, I, I'm, I'm actually not happy. People yeah. keep asking me how I am. And I'm like, Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. But really, if we tap into that, like, are we actually happy? Are we actually joyful even like totally. we go beyond happy? Is there joy yeah. in our lives? Totally. Um, so well, and then we add to that the guilt of not being grateful for what we had because we mm -hmm. had a beautiful life. There was nothing wrong with our life. So mm -hmm. then you feel guilty and you go, well, I should just be grateful. Right. And mm -hmm. there's always that, that you add to it. So yeah, it can be a little messy there for a while. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, so cool. And I mean, part of your move when you talk about daring adventure, 
um, has included like getting outside more. Can you share a little bit how the outdoors is? For sure. So the area that we lived in was beautiful. Like wait, like before we did our move, it was beautiful, but it was extremely cold um, for a large part of the year. And we had just sort of become these couch potatoes where we were like, no, it's too cold to be outside or it's too hot to be outside or whatever. There was just, there wasn't that spark and probably it had a lot to do with how we were living, right? Status quo living. We were just kind of like, you know, never had that motivation or that fire to get outside. And then when we moved, we moved to a place where there was so much to explore and there was such a different landscape that we were like, you know what, let's just go explore our new province. That was how it started. Let's just go explore our new province. And um, all of a sudden we went, wow, when we moved, when we're in nature, guess what? We, We feel much more joy, more happiness, but we can hear ourselves. We can actually hear ourselves because there's a calm that comes over you when you're out in nature, when you're out with all the beautiful things that this universe has created. There's this peace and this calm and all of a sudden you go, I can hear myself. I can hear myself think. And then when I can hear myself think, I can hear what I want. And when I hear what I want, I can actually go into that direction instead of bringing it all full circle living the status quo, right? So yeah, being outside, doing things like hiking and going for walks and and we have beautiful parks close to us, doing that kind of stuff has been a massive benefit to our family and we love it. That's amazing. And I love your phrasing of like getting outside so you can hear yourself. And then when you hear yourself, you know what you want because that's all a struggle. We were talking earlier, a struggle for so many people that even when they realize something's wrong, they don't know what they want because they've closed that channel off so much. Yeah. I know uh, in a lot of my work, we talk about let's get outside to be able to, to do yeah. that and um, love that you're echoing that in your own family experience. Yeah. Well, and that was a huge thing for us um, when we decided we didn't want to le- live the status quo anymore. We went, what do we want? And there was nothing. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> and so this realization that nature can actually help you figure yourself out, that if you go outside, things will be revealed to you. It was like very eye-opening for us. Very cool. Um, awesome. Well, I'm so excited <laughs> that you uh, joined and I love the, the parallels that are happening. Um, and I know there was something else I was about to ask you and, you know, <laughs> as any good moment, it's, it'll come back if it's meant yeah. to. Uh, and I know, so you're obviously going to stick with us for our next section um, where we're going to talk about uh, boundaries a little bit, a sneak peek into the workbook that you're uh, gifting to everyone who's listening and watching, um, and also how that ties into self, self-love and expression. Yeah. So uh, awesome. That's going to be exciting. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everyone. So we still have Meg here with us who's a transformation coach and she's going to talk to us a little bit about boundaries give us a sneak peek on the boundary setting workshop workshop workbook um, <laughs> that uh, is available for all of you to access uh, in the show notes uh, though she does do a boundary workshop so maybe that's something you're all yeah. going to be interested in and we're going to talk about how well she's going to talk about boundaries and how they're impacting um, our self-love time and what we're doing with self so Meg I'll turn it over to you Awesome. Yeah, no, boundaries is something that I'm so passionate about. One, because I was terrible at them for most of my life and they caused me 
so much misery and I didn't have the things I wanted in my life because of my lack of boundaries. So I'm passionate on it. I'm passionate um, about them because of my own personal experience. And then also in my work, I see women all the time giving and um, sacrificing and putting themselves out there thinking that that's going to bring them joy in life. And what it ends up bringing them is just this tired, exhausted life where they go, this can't be what it was supposed to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, no, I absolutely love it. And uh, people don't often think about this, but you know, the concept of self-love, we're all to love ourselves, love ourselves, but how do you actually break that down? What does that actually Mm -hmm. mean to love yourself? And very often the culture will tell us, well, we should go shopping or we should go get our hair done or we should go get nails done. And we do that and we go, shoot, how come I don't love myself more? (laughs) And it's because those things don't work. That's called self-care. That's not called self-love, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, And so boundaries is a huge part of loving yourself, of saying I matter. And if I matter, then these are the things that I am and am not gonna allow into my life. These are the things that I'm gonna go for and I'm not gonna go for because of my boundaries and because I know my own sense of worth. So that was a huge lesson for me to learn. And I'll actually never forget my very first time trying to set a boundary. I was like, okay, boundaries are important. I'm going to do it. And I'm getting myself all pumped up. Right. And I remember going up to that person who I was going to set a boundary with. And I said, just so you know, you can never do that to me again, because that's my boundary and you can't cross it. And I was just like, oh. and um, surprisingly, they did not respond very well. <laughs> I know. Shocker, right? Oh yeah. Um, But it actually opened my eyes to a huge misconception that we have about boundaries. And that is the fact that boundaries are something we put on someone else. That you can't do this to me. Mm. And really that's just control. And anytime you try to control someone, they're going to fight you. So even though your boundary is not a bad boundary, and yeah, it would be great if it would be respected, they will always fight it because control immediately brings that up in us. Like I'm, you can't control me. Right. So all of a sudden is, is the boundary a good idea or a bad idea? It doesn't really matter. It's you're not going to control me. So now you have two people at war with each other about who has control instead of actually fixing the problem, which is we need to put a boundary in place so that we can be loving so that we can be close. Cause that's what a boundary does, right? A boundary actually allows me to be closer to you. Because I say, you know what, I'm going to keep the hurtful things out and I can feel loving towards you. It's just easier to feel loving towards you. Whereas when I let all that stuff in, what happens is I become resentful, I become angry, and then I repress that stuff because I want to stay loving to you. And then it comes out in anger, an angry burst or whatever. And then we have a fight. Like, you know, the spiral, right? (laughs) Yes. We've all experienced the spiral. Um, so yeah, that was my first, my first try at boundaries and it was, oh, it was so terrible. And learning that lesson that a boundary is not control was huge for me. And that's when it dawned on me due to lots of research and lots of learning and finally having a light bulb moment that a boundary is something you put on yourself. Mm-hmm. A boundary is something you say, actually, I don't participate in this. You're allowed to do whatever you want, but I don't participate in this. Very cool. Um, as you were talking about control and how it really, it's more about creating like that space for the love to flow. I was reminded of uh, like when we visit family and there's that, you know, when you go and you visit family and you, you go for dinner, 
However, if you haven't defined what endpoint dinner has, that's when you can end up in that cycle of, okay, like we thought we'd leave by eight o'clock, but you want us to be here till 10. And now eight o'clock to 10 o'clock is full of this push pull of like, eh, and no one's enjoying anything because we're, you know, annoyed we haven't left and you're trying to keep us there longer to maximize time. Whereas if we all agree at the beginning totally. that eight o'clock, you know, things will be wrapped up. We need to head home because it's Sunday night and we have work tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. Um, the times we've actually done that, it's been it's been great because everyone just understands everything that's going to happen. Um, and we all have a really, I don't know, we've just been much more positive because we all agreed to, to that, that end point uh, of the experience. Well, I can so feel with you because my husband is an extrovert and I'm an introvert. Ah. So I'm always the one like with one foot out the door in the vehicle already. And he's like getting on the couch, ready to have a, like a long conversation with someone. And I'm like, ah, so it's cute that you bring that up because I'm like, oh, do I ever know what that's like? Um, and we actually had to work that out with going like, okay, we have two very different sets of needs here. <laughs> How are we going to figure this out? So that's, that's funny, which actually brings up another really good topic on or another really good thing about boundaries is how do you communicate them mm. that can be a really tricky thing like when i had said to the person that i was setting a boundary with you can never do that to me again right like well, what do you mean i can <laughs> never do that yeah <laughs> exactly that was really really a poor way of communicating because what I wanted to do is I, I wanted to make the relationship more beneficial to both of us. But what I was doing is actually damaging the relationship. And I wasn't being clear that my intentions were actually good. And that I knew that the reason they were crossing this boundary, first of all, one, they had, they didn't know it was a boundary for me because mm -hmm. when you, I mean, I'm a 40 year old woman, when you grow up and you're my age and you've had my life experience, you just sort of keep your boundaries hidden, right? You pretend you don't have any. And I know a lot of women are the same way because we're taught that boundaries are selfish or, or boundaries are, you know, um, not what you do when you're a woman because you sacrifice and you give. Um, so one, they didn't know it was a boundary. So it was very shocking to them to have me come up to them and say, this is my boundary. Mm -hmm. Um, and two, I wasn't saying to them, like, I see your good intention, your, your intention by crossing this boundary is to get close to me. And I never communicated that. So it was just, you're bad, you're wrong, you're doing it wrong. Instead of going like, I know your behavior is actually that you're trying to be close to me, that you're trying mm -hmm. to be in relationship with me. It's just that it doesn't work for me. And so if I could suggest something that would bring us closer, it would be if you would do this and this. And if you don't want to do it, you know, this, this is what I'm going to do then, but I, this is what I would like to have happen is a much softer and more gentler way to come at someone than the way that I did. So the communication, the setting, um, or stating really clearly what you realize is their good intention, what mm -hmm. your good intention is, what your outcome, what your desired outcome is. Those types of things are extremely important and actually are in the workbook that I um, am giving to everyone. So what to look for when you communicate is something that's in the book. So if people are interested in that, there's a really clear kind of make sure you think about this, this, this step by step. Perfect, because I was going to ask, how do we learn more of those steps? <laughs> so excellent, yeah. um, which segues really great into um, definitely everyone we've mentioned it a couple of times. There is that, that workbook, uh, the link's in the show notes for you, access that. And then Maggie, just um, if you want to chat a little bit about how else people could reach out to you since you are a coach and you do work with yeah. people on these topics. 
Yeah, fantastic. No, absolutely. Um, if you look um, for me on social media, first of all, you're going to find me and that's where you're going to find all my events. So it's just under Meg Hepner Coaching if you're on Facebook. Um, that's the only social media that I'm on because I'm, I don't know, I'm old. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't do too much social media. Um, and I'd rather be outside. <laughs> so um, if you look for me on Facebook, you'll find me and I'm constantly posting my events there. If you're interested in a workshop or something like that, of course, you can find me also on my website at realexcellentliving.com. And that's um, a place where you can look at my different coaching programs and to see if I'm a good fit for you or if all of a sudden there'd be some um, interest in us working together and et cetera. So those are the two basic ways that you can find me. Awesome. Perfect. So everyone, if you're intrigued, do that. Meg is awesome. Um, and Meg, thank you so much for joining us on Souls Outside today. It was super fun and I'm, well, I'm very curious myself to expand my boundary knowledge uh, by checking out your workbook. Awesome. Thank you so much. I was so happy to be here and so very happy to meet you. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on Souls Outside, and we hope you enjoyed walking in our featured guest, Soul Prince, as much as we did. As always, we like to wrap up each episode with our extreme gratitude and appreciation for our founding sponsors, who quite literally made it possible for Souls Outside to become a reality. First off, special thanks goes to Eche Savas and her company Palindrome Design for the amazing cover art and noting that their sponsorship comes in support of their passion project, Self Build Sustainable. We'd also like to thank Chuck Henry for his amazing music, original music that is featured throughout the episode. And of course, Elise Cannon, our amazing editor who quite literally made it possible for any of these episodes to see the light of day. They probably would still be on a hard drive on my computer without her expertise, skill, and passion for editing. So we thank them so, so, so much. And until next time, we hope you enjoy your journey and continue following in the soul prints of those who have gone before. Hey, one last thing before you go. If you wish you could talk about this episode with myself, our featured guests, or other like-minded individuals like yourself, uh, join us on Facebook or LinkedIn in our Souls Outside Facebook and LinkedIn groups. On Facebook, we do watch parties, uh, both with awesome conversations about what we talked about and are able to answer your questions on how you can go even further on your soul print journey. See you there.